Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Cult Sure podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian, and as always, thank you so much for joining us, whether you've listened before or this is your first time. We appreciate all of you, so thank you very much for joining us. Uh, quick rundown for anyone that's a new listener. We're a podcast that does interviews with anyone in the creative realms, whether you're an artist, a musician, a photographer, filmmaker, actor, actress, you know, anything in those worlds or more because there's so many creative fields. We love sitting down, getting to know you, talking about what you do, your story. So if you or someone you know want to hop on, just shoot us a message. We'll, uh, we'll schedule it. We'll make it happen. Always love meeting new people and always love talking to people we already know. So, with the little spiel out of the way, this is coming out before Halloween, but we don't get to do an on-Halloween episode. Halloween's the day before. It sucks. So, this is going to be our finale of October, and our Halloween episode, if you will, because, you know, love Halloween, love all that good stuff. So... This is the Halloween episode. Happy Halloween. You got a week before it, but who cares? We're celebrating all month. <laughs> so with that little ramble out of the way, we are joined this week by Sierra, a.k.a. Sister Sinister. How's it going? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's always good to hear. It's finally fall-like here in New yes. Jersey, so it's amazing. So excited. The leaves are changing, and I'm feeling the spooky energy already. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm on... I just picked up from Walmart, I think, my fourth or fifth bag of spooky nuggets. And <laughs> and I panicked and I'm like, I should have got another one because I want to make sure I got spooky nuggets for Halloween. You know? <laughs> Hand them out to the trick-or-treaters, a little snack, you know? It's, it could you be know. good. <laughs> Listen, I can't count how many pumpkin-flavored anything I've had this month. I've lost count at this point. All right, so... This is, you know, I told you tangents are welcome and all that. We're going to go right <laughs> off the bat. So you are a fan of like pumpkin spice and all that. Um, so, so I, oh. I'm not a huge fan of the pumpkin spice latte. I've had it. It's okay. I prefer it with ice, but I'm more of a, from, from Starbucks, my go-to has become the, uh, pumpkin cream cold brew. Ah, all right. And then it's not as, it's not as punchy. But it still it feels like fall. <laughs> All right, it feels and tastes like fall. And then, do you dabble in like the uh, like the little Debbie, like the little pumpkin, like shaped like pie type thing? Oh I, yeah. Oh, I, pumpkin I, pastries are where my heart truly, truly lies. I'm, a, right. I'm a big ba I'm a big baker, uh, so I make pumpkin chocolate chip cookies every every fall. So. <laughs> All right. That's where my passions are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to ask just because it's like, I, I love Halloween. I love fall. I love this time of year. I love apple cider donuts. Apple cider itself, Ooh, not a big yeah. fan. But pumpkin anything, I don't touch with a 10-foot pole. Really? I just, I, I, I never really enjoyed it. Not even it's, pumpkin pie? Not even pumpkin pie. Well, we got to cut the interview short. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That happened. I forget what interview it was, but it was the great debate with pork roll. They're from North. They were from North <laughs> Jersey and they called it Taylor ham. And I'm like, all right, we're done here. Take it easy, bud. <laughs> but, uh, nah, I, I just had to ask just because it's like it's 
it seems like that's the great debate with people that love fall and you know halloween season and all that it's like it's always it, i see more and more people fighting the apple cider with the pumpkin like flavored but i'm like i've, never, I've never seen it for me at least i'm i'm because i i very big fan of pumpkin stuff but i also do like apple cider things i dabble with apple cider as just a drink it's got to be a in the moment thing of like i'm in the mood for it if i'm not i'm not touching it but the donuts you 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 reeled me back in with the donuts (laughs) (laughs) apple cider donuts are they're so damn good like those i i i can throw down for those but it's like i don't know i just i don't know what it is with pumpkin i gotta try and give it other shots but i'm like i don't know i just not a fan it's a it's an it's an interesting taste. It's kind of I see it the yeah. same way as some people like licorice, and some people don't because of the oh what's it called An- anison, anise something like that that's in it that's got like that real punchy flavor. So I do understand. <laughs> see, I I like black licorice, but red rope licorice is my jam. Mm. That that I can throw <laughs> I I can throw back a whole reel of it. But speaking of reels, we'll reel this back in <laughs> <laughs> from, from the pumpkin spice talk. I just had to ask. But <laughs> so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you aside from being a pumpkin connoisseur? Just just a little bit on a savant, <laughs> a I dare say. <laughs> um yeah, I am a makeup artist, a prop maker. I try to put on as many hats as I can when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I do some sculpting, mold making. I try to broaden my horizon with what I'm capable of doing. Um, what I really like doing is making functional art. So my what I've uh, what I've become good at is I make um, I make light switch plates that kind of look like they are made out of flesh. And they're a little off-putting to some people, but I think, you know, a little a little off-putting isn't a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it's I. It's funny because we met at the uh, met kind of met. It was that day was just like such a blur at yeah. the uh, the Smithville Art Walk, the past one, and uh, it, it's funny. It dawned on me like after the fact. I'm like, wait, I I've checked out this stuff before because. I remembered the light switch plates because yes. they, they look amazing. You know, being <laughs> yeah. a horror fan, oh, no problem. Being a horror <laughs> fan and all that. I love art that looks like human flesh and all that. Mm. You know, it looks like it was in the home of Ed Gein and everything. <laughs> but it's like it would amaze me with it. And I, I just don't know. how to, it, it looks slimy. Like it looks it looks slimy yeah. and really <laughs> gross. So it's like, I, I don't know. I guess this will be a good starting point. Like. What is the process like that you go through like like to do stuff with like that? Like how do you kind of make the light switch covers? So for the light switch covers, it, the backing is a metal light switch so that it's sturdy and the clay because the actual quote unquote skin ethically sourced and all that um, <laughs> it is um, different types of clay. I've sort of dabbled in different types to see what works best um and i use like a uh, a polymer kind of and a lot of it ends up becoming like what makes it look 
I guess slimy. <laughs> slimy is the first time that someone ha- uh, uh, has used as a descriptor. I've I've gotten really. Yeah, slimy. Oh, is the, wow, this is the first time someone has called it slimy, <laughs> and I got and I like it. <laughs> it, it glistening, people slimy. <laughs> people have used a lot of different ones, but slimy's slimy's the first one, and I like it. But a lot of it has to do with um, a lot of uh, layering with paint. So I use alcohol paint, and. Because it's one of the, like the things when it comes to making skin tones is no one's skin tone is just a solid color. There are so many shades in the human flesh. <laughs> um, and it's just a matter of being able to kind of look at skin and kind of pick out the colors. And then you, and then I just so slowly layer it on top of the clay and when it starts to look a little uh, a little bit too lively, then that's when I know it's uh, it's done. It, it's a fine line between, and that's kind of with all paintings, a fine line between, how, how do I want to word this? Putting too much into it. Yeah. Because as any artist will know, you'll look at a painting or you'll look at a piece of, of art that you're working on and it always goes through an ugly phase. And you got to look at it and say, okay, it's fine. I'll just keep going with it. And then you keep going with it. And you have to find that point after the ugly phase where it's perfect. And because I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a person who has definitely gone over uh, and have uh, accidentally ruined some paintings because I went too far with it, but there's a nice medium. There's a nice sweet spot where you can look at it and you're like, oh, there you go. It looks flashy. (laughs) Being an artist myself and also a musician that, you know, has like mixed like some of my own stuff and all that. Mm. I totally get what you're saying. (laughs) You you could only sit there going over with a fine tooth comb so much before you start like taking away from it. And it it, it's it's a blessing and a curse to be that involved in what you're creating. Mm. Like, it's awesome to be that involved. But at the same time, it's like once you hit that point, I've seen so many like friends do the same thing and like just completely ruin what they're working on and then yep. have to start from square one. So it's, it's, it's that fine line. You got to find it. And once you find it, it gets easier and easier. Um, but God, but golly, is it so, is it such a fine line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now with, you know, like how like realistic they look in everything, mm. you know, it's, you know, a, a good starting point instead of how do you make the light switch covers would have been what pushed you into all this. But we'll we'll go back to that. But <laughs> when you started, like, kind of doing all this, was there a point where, like, when you started hitting that realism with them, you kind of sat there and just said to yourself, wow, I, I, I can't believe it. I feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> like, was there a point when you were starting out that you kind of hit that point and then you knew like, all right, I'm on to something. I'm on to this. It, it's hard to find the exact point because I've, I've always been what kind of made me want to start doing the more realism, things like that was I have one of my favorite horror genres is body horror. I'm a very, very big fan. I mean, Hellraiser, uh, even um Jacob's ladder with the it, uh, <laughs> the ick feeling you get when you look at something, the kind of uncanny valley feeling. 
I've always been a really big fan of that. And um, I went to school for for this stuff. I went to Tom Savini's school in oh, uh, very nice. Yes, in Manesson, Pennsylvania. Shout out. <laughs> um, and when I had went there, I learned a lot when it came to specifically kind of making skin tones because I wanted to make things where people would look at it and would get uncomfortable. And I want to say the point where I was like, huh, that looks really gross was I made funny enough. It had nothing to do with light switch plates. I made a, a one piece prosthetic um, of some kind of humanoid creature. And I had just finished doing all the layers um, of paint and I sat back and I looked at it and I went, that's not bad. <laughs> it's that moment that every artist really hopes for where you look at something you've made and you're like, wow, I made that. <laughs> so it was, it was that moment where I was like, that's unsettling. I really like that. And I've just sort of been continuously practicing because I'm, I'm also always in the mindset of I can do better. Like this is good, but I'll do even better. Well, I have an idea for you since you're a fan of body horror <laughs> and with how you can make things flesh looking and all that, something I would love for you to make and I would <laughs> buy one right away is if you can make cute little Mr. Tusks from Tusk. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't. OK, you say that, but I have literally everything. It wasn't going to be small. I still am going to make it eventually, but it's such a big project and I've been so busy. I made a blueprint of making like a big life-size tusk. Holy um, shit. <laughs> and I've, I've got it all figured out. I've got just about all of the supplies I need. It's just one of those things where I need the time. <laughs> but a little one is not a bad idea. Uh, it's a good place to start. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, you know, just like cute little ones, like almost yeah. plushy like or something. I don't know. It could be fun. It's for it would, the kids. Oh, I, I'm a very big fan of Tusk. I love Kevin Smith. Um, it, I just saw they just did a showing at his theater and they had yeah. like a replica of Mr. Tusk. That, and like, well, I don't know if you've ever been to Jane Silent Bob's comic book shop yes. in Red Bank. If you, if you, I don't know. I know they moved locations, so I don't remember where it is. But at the old location, if you went in and looked up, it was right there. Yeah, in the cage, right? Yep. Yeah, the and, new and I'm pretty sure it's at the new location, but I don't know where it is in, in the new shop. But I, I went, love that thing so much. I went once to the new shop. It, it's literally like right down the street on a like broad street i mm. i want to say like it because it's weird like the doors set back and there's kind of like a big like maybe like 15 foot glass display like window thing with all stuff in it mm -hmm. i think it might be in there it might be inside all i know is in the front window there was one uh, little um the Bratzies from Yoga Hosers. Oh, and I remember yes. <laughs> I sat there and I'm like, man, I totally want to watch that movie again and give it another shot, but I really don't want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it, it was so, it, that, that one got me a little bit that I was like, 
I I gotta love it because it's Kevin Smith, but at the same time, it's not high up there for my Kevin I mean, Smith movies. I feel like every director has its l- lower films. Doesn't mean oh. they're bad. It just oh, yeah. means I, not the best. <laughs> yeah, a, a lower Kevin Smith film to me is still better than most movies nowadays. Because <laughs> yeah, at least, at least I sat there saying, "What the hell am I watching?" Not yeah. a what the hell is this reboot I'm watching? If like, it can invoke an emotion, then it's doing something. Exactly. <laughs> but it's spoken best by uh, the director of Troll 2. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that documentary and he, uh, I love it. But so, you know, you obviously you're big into you know horrors and horror movies and all that and doing the effects and everything and what what was your start in all of it that you said, you know, I want to do this and, you know, eventually go to Tom, Tom Zavini, one of the best, you know, <laughs> one of the best of the best, his school and all that. What um, like, where did it all begin? It's hard for me to say what actually like tipped it over or, or not so much tipped it over, like what the true, true starting point was, Um, because well, I, I started doing like self-teaching myself uh when i was 15 um and i'm 23 now uh so i've been doing it for a hot minute um but i definitely know that watching the walking dead because that was one of the first um like horror tv shows sort of things that i had seen cuz i always think it's funny there was a point in time in my life where i was uh de- deathly afraid of horror movies and i would not watch them at all and now i have a whole collection and my room just is full of very scary things <laughs> <laughs> but i would say the walking watching the walking dead when i was younger was probably where it really became interesting to me and then i looked up who greg nicotero was and i was just like oh wow and then that spiraled and then it just kept going and going um and i think what was it the the first i was 15 so yeah i i the walking dead was the tipping point but i'm not too sure where before that was when the interest really kind of started because it was it was a slow progression i had already seen my first horror movie which was uh sleepy hollows (laughs) very nice Um, (laughs) it was my first horror movie and my first rated r movie i had seen it already but there there was something about the walking dead there was something about seeing all the different zombies and like what they all looked different and there was something about it that really piqued my interest where i was like these guys kind of look interesting how and then in my brain because i don't know how it happens but i'm just like i gotta learn how to do that (laughs) now i know you almost cut the interview short because of pumpkin spice (laughs) i'm gonna go i'm gonna go two for two right now i appreciate what walking dead because it there wasn't anything like that on TV mm. that shows, you know, the effects are amazing. It's yeah. gruesome. I have tried every season to get into it, but I'm also bad with television shows. Like I fall off easily, like the new Chucky <laughs> series, absolutely loved. Mm. But then I just, I fell off like with, I think it was like season two, same with Ash vs. Evil Dead. Season oh. one, I watched every week. 
season two, I watched first episode. Mm-hmm. I missed it the following week. And then I acted like I can never watch it again. Yet I own the complete series. <laughs> but Walking Dead, I just... I would tune in the first and last episode of every season just to see if mm-hmm. Daryl would die. Well, I hate to break it to you. He doesn't die. And he now has his own show. Oh, I (laughs) know. And and Um, that's the thing. I love Norman Reedus, too. And it's nothing mm -hmm. against that. I just, I wanted to see the chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, listen. And I, funny enough, this, not a deal breaker. (laughs) Because the the pumpkin's more of a deal breaker than The Walking Dead. No, because I do understand that. It's one of those shows where there definitely came, I, I always say this. I feel like The Walking Dead suffered from uh, long show syndrome, which is when a show goes on for far too long. And I mean, some people call that that they jump the shark. Um, But I don't think there was necessarily a jumping the shark moment in The Walking Dead. I just feel like it went for too long. And I understand they had so much content to use because the comic was enormous. but I, f- I did finish it. I finished the entire thing. And the n- last season wasn't the strongest. It was definitely more people-oriented. Like, there really wasn't a whole lot of walkers doing things. But I think for what the show did in introducing a lot of... Because, oh, God, the show came out in 2008. Oh, wow. I, th- I think. <laughs> um <laughs> I'll I'll double check as you're talking. (laughs) But I feel like that show came out in 2008 and I started watching in 2010. Um, 2010, it started. Oh, then I I started watching when it first came out. Um, I feel like for what it did when it came to showing that special effects makeup, like practical makeup in a super successful show and used on so many people because all all of the walkers had makeup on what like obviously the ones that were closer to the camera had more intricate and the ones in the back wore masks but i think the fact that it it really showed that you could do that and the show would be so popular I think, you know, I have, to, I have to give it its flowers for that. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like uh, like with Willy Wonka and then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie mm-hmm. and the Chocolate Factory, you had the one, the same dude CGI'd a million times. Yes. <laughs> Original Willy Wonka. It was, they as many Oompa Loompas you saw, yeah. was how many people they had. And they took the time that, like, so I get what you're saying. And, like, with Walking Dead, it's like it definitely, like, deserves its flowers for that. Mm-hmm. And also because of the extent of the uh oh yeah like the makeup and practical effects like it's it's so good i i always especially now that it's over and i kind of like look back on it i'm like do i have a favorite i I always thought i was like i don't think i have a favorite season when jeffrey jean morgan comes in as negan it that whole anytime he's there best season (laughs) best best season he was so I'm a big fan of when casting is done so perfectly, and I don't think anybody else could have done it better than Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I did watch because uh, it was like the start of a season or whatever when yeah, anyone listening, if you haven't watched it, I'm sorry, you're getting spoiled. When Glenn gets gets the bat, gets mm. what was it? Lucille uh, is the bat's name? Yeah. 
like when I saw the guy cast, I'm like, wow. I'm like, Negan is a badass. Oh, and then yes. he's going with the bat. I'm like, get Daryl, get Daryl. <laughs> and, and like the only character like that, like I kind of knew from like talking to my brother about it and stuff. I'm like, wait, no, that's Glenn. That's the guy everyone <laughs> loves. Don't do it. And then when he hit, does it, I'm like, oh. I'm watching. I'm like, oh my God. When like, he killed Glenn, I was so upset. I was so upset. Glenn was my favorite character. And when he killed him, because I had also, I had read the comics. So yeah. I knew in the comics that Glenn does get it. But at that point, they had changed so many things. And they actually did like a switch around. Because I, I don't know how much of that scene, you know, another spoiler for people who haven't seen it yet. Glenn's not the first one that gets Lucille. It's Abraham. Oh, Abraham gets hit first, says the best line after ever after he gets hit, he gets hit in the head. There's just blood coming down and he looks up at Negan and he says, suck my nuts. <laughs> and then Negan proceeds to uh, absolutely bash his head in. <laughs> and then after that happened, I was like, oh, my God, I was upset because like, I, I loved Abraham. He had such great one liners. He was so funny. Um, and I also just am a big fan of uh, Michael Cudlitz because I had seen him in Band of Brothers. Um, but when that happened, I was just like, oh, my God, you know, that's, you know, oh, no, Abraham's gone. And I thought that was it. It seemed like I thought that was it. And then the how how the scene played out was so well shot and well done because it caught you so off guard because Negan's just standing there after it happens. Everyone's crying. And he's just like, well back and back to it and he without on a beat just hits glenn on the head and then that's when i think i audibly went what <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> you're, already. you're killing everyone i love <laughs> but negan on that show felt like a threat especially after that scene that's like the first scene i think it was season seven he he was properly properly introduced um and I think his introduction as a bad guy was it, it and I bold statement. I think his introduction as a bad guy is one of the best introductions in TV like history. Uh, not the best, but I would put it at like a pretty high on a list because he hmm. came out the gate, pun intended, swinging <laughs> um, <laughs> and showed that he's not afraid to kill off beloved characters um and i think that was done very very well as the show progressed i didn't fear for people dying as much in the season finale i think only one main character died and morbid but i was kind of upset i was like i want more stakes i want more stakes in, in my show i want to <laughs> feel afraid when i watch it <laughs> Oh, well, maybe I'll have to go back and give it give it another shot. It's if like, any season, I recommend the one with Negan because Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like he absolutely kills it as a performance. See, I might. It's like I might be able to do better with it now because, like Breaking Bad, I absolutely loved mm. Breaking Bad. Didn't watch until the show was over, like completely, <laughs> and then I, I just I binged now. it. Yeah, like I like being able to just binge it all the way through mm. because my mind doesn't have the time to trail off where it's like, 
a week goes by and I'm like, ah, oh, I could watch that or oh no, nah, this concert's come. I'm going to go to the concert. I'll watch <laughs> the episode tomorrow. Never watch it. Never watch the show again. Never existed. I just, the show was just a blur in my imagination. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at keeping up with shows. There, there was a point in time when I was in high school where I had like three shows that I consistently watched in a week. It was Supernatural. Gotham and Walking Dead. And it was like a time thing because like Supernatural came on Thursday and Gotham came on when and it was they all came on at the same time. So it made it easy to track it nowadays. Um no. Yeah. <laughs> I could I could never. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, well, this is this whole season's up on Netflix, but this season the episodes are weekly, they're on Hulu, and then these are on TBS. It's like <laughs> trying to keep track it was so much easier without streaming but streaming does it's streaming's bittersweet with it It gives so much more room you Mm -hmm. know for the independent stuff but at the same time it's like there's so much more shit to watch oh my it's it's overwhelming it's completely overwhelming oh yeah (laughs) so once you kind of hit that tipping point because a walking dead like what where did you go from there with it like was it i want to do effects i want to do art or you were just like i want to do everything so by that point i i had always dabbled in art i say dabbled but i i've always like had a pen and paper in my hands since i was like super young so i'd like always been i'd always like drawn my whole life and then when i discovered that i was like oh well this can't be that hard. And I feel like every um, <laughs> every makeup artist does this one makeup at one point, which is putting a can in your head. <laughs> um, and that was the first ever makeup look I had ever done. Um, I think it's down all the way at the bottom of my Instagram. <laughs> um, but I did that. And when I realized that I could do that, I was like, oh, I can just keep going with this and I can just see what else I can do because it it did originally just start with with makeup and me just sort of playing around with makeup and like with latex stuff you find at spirit and then I kind of slowly experimented with things like making latex thicker so I can make a prosthetic and learning a little bit more about color theory with makeup because I had already kind of knew about it with drawing and painting but I was like well how does it work when I do makeup and stuff um so it was a slow progression but it was one that I consistently kept like even in high school I, I kept doing it and my friends knew and like I helped out when my high school did Adam's family for theater I did the makeup for um a couple of people and there was like a, a in high school again there was like a dance competition thing and they were going to do thriller so i made them up to look like zombies so it was a lot of i had a lot of practice not just on myself but i was able to also practice on other people because i realized very quickly that is a whole lot easier to do makeup on yourself than it is on other people yeah <laughs> um but when it became near the end of high school and I was still doing it, I was like, I'd like to, do, I like this, but I don't know where to go with this. And I had been going to 
horror conventions for a couple years at that point. And I had gone to one that unfortunately doesn't exist anymore called uh, AC HorrorCon. It took place in Atlantic City. Um, and Ricky Vitus was there from Face Off. And he was holding like a little like seminar thing. And I went to it because I was like, wow, Face Off. I love that show. Um, and I got to talk to him afterwards. And he was the one who actually told me about Tom's school. It's called the uh, it's Tom Savini's special effects program, but the school itself is called Douglas Education. And he told me about it because that's where he had gone. And I was like, I'm going to have to look into this. And when I did a little research, I realized how many people had gone there and that I knew. And I was like, I'm going to send in a little application. And I got in and the rest was uh, history. I had a really good time there. But I unfortunately went at the worst time. I started in 2019. The program is about a year long. So if you can see where this is going, near the end <laughs> of my education there was when COVID hit. Oh. And that was very, very interesting to navigate. I was seven hours away from home. It was the first time I lived on my own. And everything was shut down <laughs> and I, I give props to how the school handled it for the, for, like for about two weeks, there was really nothing because there really wasn't no one, no one had any idea what on earth to do. Oh, but yeah. then they figured out, I don't, I still don't know why they didn't use zoom. They never use zoom, but they ended up opening kind of like an online thing. And if you needed to get supplies that were in the school, there were certain points in the day where you could go in and get stuff and then go back to your place. So I did. And, and thankfully, um, it, they had re, they were one of the first like schools in Pennsylvania to have reopened. So I was able to finish out my year there in in school and like finish like my big projects because I made an animatronic goat. Um, oh wow! He is he is my pride and joy. His name is William. I love him. Um, do you still have it? I do. I do. Oh, <laughs> I gotta see um, this thing. What is it? I'll I'll, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> right. Um, but there there was a point where I really thought I was like. I'm like, I'm never going to be able, you know, I'm never going to graduate. Everything's shut down. I'm never going to be able to do anything because nothing's open. Um, but thankfully there at the, at the school, they, they did a good job for what, you know, for what everyone knew. I mean, there, there were some schools that just didn't reopen for the rest of the year and everyone was still online. And that's what I thought it was going to be for us. And I was like, oh, this is going to suck. But we were able to go back in and finish big projects and um yeah i was happy with how things went there then after that i came back and i just sort of kept going with stuff and trying to hone my craft but i also wanted to keep expanding different things and and kind of experiment have you um i know like it's it's crazy knowing like you know what you like seeing what you did at the art walk and all that and then seeing post years and everything like 
it, it's crazy how it, it is such a short time frame because it's like you, you said like what was it 15 you're 23 now. so like seven ish years it like seven ish years it was when you were really going at it i think is, is my math mathing I'm, I'm not the right person to ask about math. <laughs> yeah, because you said 15, <laughs> 23, that's seven. Yeah, so like kind of it's been like a seven year journey from like that tip, like the tip yeah. of the iceberg. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's crazy that like, you know, all of, you've gotten the skills that good, but it just shows you dedicate yourself to it. You know, <laughs> the, the sky's the limit. But I know it's been like such a short time or anything, but have you done any like film work? Or anything with it like um sort of i have um i've helped out with um a lot of local stuff um did you did did, did the photos come in yeah i'm looking my, at the, my that, friend that, that thing moves <laughs> yeah the mouth opens and closes and the eyes go up and down oh my god the eyes are so sick oh man <laughs> that is awesome anyone listening it, yeah, I was gonna ask you off camera, but I'm gonna need pictures like to use for promotion for the episode to put with the oh, show yeah. people. But <laughs> I'm I'm totally gonna steal one or two <laughs> of those to show everyone the goat. Yeah, because totally that thing fine. is amazing. <laughs> um what was it going on about? <laughs> uh I asked, uh, have you done like any like film work oh, or anything yes. with the effects yet? Um, sort of. I've I've done a lot of commission work. Um for a um a local hair salon they commissioned me to make up three people into different monsters for like promotional like new hair dye that they had gotten in um i've done some stuff for uh domestic violence uh what would the word be <laughs> not promotion <laughs> yeah yeah uh, awareness that's the awareness word. <laughs> there we go yeah and and that's where i'm gonna have to cut the interview we do not promote domestic violence on the pot <laughs> uh, i i get what you're saying that's yeah yeah how autocorrect does you dirty auto your own autocorrect just did you do yep. <laughs> brain autocorrect is the worst of them all <laughs> But it, it's it's been a lot of um, commission-based things, which I'm not mad about. I mean, I want to slowly build my brand and build my name and get better at my work so that when an opportunity like that does come around, I'll be I'll feel comfortable and I'll feel ready to take on such a task. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, well it's... You know, that's the good thing, say, like going back to about like, you know, cursing out the streaming sites. <laughs> it's like there's so much room for independent film and, mm -hmm. you know, series and just like even like short films and stuff. That's like, well, once you're ready to just go full, like full force and throw yourself mm -hmm. into it, there's there's so many different outlets. And also, uh, was that Fort Monmouth or whatever? Like Netflix is opening some sort of oh, yeah, no shit right. and all that. So it's like. It's a, it's a good time, but not if yeah. you're part of Hollywood right now, because I think. Yeah, no. Going <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's also been the other thing I've been kind of now. I have no interest in moving to California. I, I like competitive uh, field. This is a very competitive field, but Cal I'll be honest. California scares me. I am frightened of California. <laughs> it's there's there's competitive 
but then, then that's a war zone. Yeah. And it's like, so, all right, you can make it out alive and make a name for yourself. But then the wildfires are going to hit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the wildfires and the high rent and. <laughs> yeah. And, and everything else that comes with the great state of California. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a lot of I when I'm able to find. Because I'm always looking for things. I'm always looking at conventions and things like that for me to vend. Um, so that I can get my name out more and more so that people know that I'm here. Um, and it's, it's just been a, it's been a lot of that. And that's been a little harder than I thought it would be. But granted, there's been a couple of obstacles in the way. There was a point in time for about two years that no one could go outside yeah. so hard to promote yourself when you can't talk to anybody yeah. <laughs> um but I've, I've been trying my my best when it comes to promoting um i'm not the best but i'm slowly kind of understanding how it all works using the internet using that fangled internet um <laughs> but it's just been sort of a, a slow progression it's the internet's a blessing and a curse because it's like yes. everyone's, you know, I keep saying blessing and a curse. Gotta stop <laughs> that. Um, it, it's like it's so good because it's literally connecting you to the world. But mm -hmm. it's like I've been finding out, like, just because anyone can do it. And then, of course, you're getting thrown into the fishbowl of all the people just posting what they ate for breakfast yeah and you know every dumb little thing they see in memes and it's like so many times it, it sucks because it's like you know people that like i follow i don't see art i don't see music i don't <laughs> see the stuff people are promoting and then also it'll be like a week later that i finally see it. i'm like now i just feel like an ass like <laughs> i'm like i saw i saw billy's you know pasta he made on friday night and you know tony's foot fungus that he had but i didn't i didn't see this new song that dropped or this new <laughs> painting i'm like come on but it's good though doing the events because it's like that's been like kind of linking me and it's you know i'm i'm not by any means good at promoting but <laughs> it's i find like having that happy medium of being able to go out and you know vent and do what you do while also promoting your special effects and all that it's like it's it's a great other outlet cuz it's putting your work in the people's hands yeah and at any time that i've vented the art walk i've always had now granted i i've now have slimy to put on the list of things that people <laughs> have said um but anytime I've done the art walk, I always get a, a good reaction, um, which is fear, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is kind of what someone who does horror art wants. Um, but that's also always been my big thing is I want people to look at what I make and have a reaction, whether it's good or bad or anything I want. I, I want to invoke an emotion which is kind of a little cheesy for an artist to say um, i want to invoke emotion from my audience but um <laughs> but i do i want i want people to look at my art and feel something and it's always very interesting with uh children i had a kid yeah. that came up with with his dad and the the dad it was a vendor there as well i unfortunately don't know his name um but 
gothed out and the kid looked like a little punk kid. Oh, I know um, who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that um, kid was awesome. Yeah, they're very, very nice. Um, and he came up to my booth one time with with his dad, and he was asking what everything was. And and his dad was just like, Well, what do you think it is? So it's just it's very interesting when people look at what I make and use their own imagination as well of what it could be. Um, because I feel like then I can kind of hear what they're thinking and I'm like, that's not a bad idea. Maybe I'll do that too. Um, so it, it's a lot of that. I mean, obviously I want people to buy what I'm making, but the, <laughs> just the fact that they see it and people remember it as well um, makes me happy because that means I am leaving an imprint of some kind. And that's what's cool with like uh, Smithville Art Walk because it's like, you know, you get people like that kid and his dad and like, you know, the quote unquote punks and degenerates <laughs> like all of us. But then you get like how there always seems to be a wedding going on. So you get the wedding oh, yeah. crowd and you get like the normal <laughs> Smithville goers and all that. And they've got so no idea what's going on. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like, you know. And that that's the one thing it's like when it comes to like Mike and Alexa that I like is, mm. you know, they have people that do the stuff they like, you know, they love yeah. the goth, they love the horror, they love the weird <laughs> shit. But then it's like, you know, you do have the other people doing other stuff as well. That's mm. like kind of more palatable to the, shall I say, normal audience. But um, <laughs> Normies. It, it's like, that's what I like about like their events because it's always such a mix. Yeah. But from this particular one you know i i I knew your art already i'm like oh it's you know slimy and all that (laughs) Uh, but i had a new emotion of rage uh you know come out of me when it it was like one of the few times we talked when you know the guy and his girlfriend or partner whatever were looking at the uh necronomicons and oh is this from the binding of isaac and that has haunted me so this day (laughs) i remember that i remember seeing your head kind of turn a little and i'm just like "Uh oh someone someone else is just as confused as me well it's like you know i have the binding of isaac right behind me for the switch (laughs) phenomenal game but i'm just like shit did it really hit this point i'm like no i'm like bruce campbell he he didn't go through blood sweat and tears mainly blood (laughs) for the binding of isaac like he didn't lose his arm for this (laughs) but like the thing was though seeing that kind of joy in the dude's face that Mm -hmm. was like oh my god like and like being amazed by it but from something else that's more modern it was still really cool and i think after that's when my buddy jacob walked up and i bullied him into buying one love you jacob (laughs) i don't think he's jacob doesn't listen to pod (laughs) he came on but that's about it he's too busy but um yeah it's like doing what you do it's like i could only imagine those reactions from Mm. Like the the people that go to Smithville are like, oh, there's artists going around, and then stumbling upon a flesh light <laughs> split, a light switch cover, like that looks like human flesh and stuff. Yeah. And like I could only imagine the look, but it's, that's the main thing with horror, and I always stress it. Like, you know, it's my mom used to dabble in it, but she's like, I just don't get like how you like the really gory stuff and like all that, and I'm like, horror's made to 
face your fears and all that mm. i'm like and the stuff that's really gory and all that, i'm like when it's cgi it's whatever mm-hmm. i'm like but when it's practical effects i'm like that is an art form someone's recreating a human body getting mutilated and i'm like and it's insane what people can do that that's why i absolutely love and i mean no surprise i absolutely love the saw series because it is very for me to watching it i'm not necessarily watching it for the plot because after the third movie i have no idea what's going on i'll be honest (laughs) not a single idea couldn't tell you um but i like to watch them because i think the work that is done in it is so beautiful in in a macabre way um because you just see the weird creative side of people like if you really look at the movies and you think about what these traps are and what's happening you sit there and you're like dear lord in heaven a human (laughs) being had to sit there you know storyboard this out and then someone had to make all this and and like there's just so much that goes into something like that where you look at it and you're like wow someone thought this up and it's so well done and it's making me uncomfortable in it. And, and, and that's how I've always described it. I've always described stuff like that as, as kind of beautiful. Um, Cause it, it's all, like you said, it's all art and art is supposed to invoke something in you. And they definitely saw movies definitely do. <laughs> So with the Saul, the, the third one, that's when I started falling off, but still watched everyone. Four, yes. four and five, I was just like, eh. Six kind of wrote me back in. Seven, I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, I love this franchise. <laughs> then Jigsaw and Spiral, I absolutely loved. And then I don't know if, did you see Saul X yet? I have not yet. I am planning on seeing it probably tomorrow. If if, if nothing's happening tomorrow, because I do definitely want to go see it. There's two horror movies out that I haven't seen yet that I need to go see. I need to see that, and I need to see um, Exorcist beginning. Well, you should just not see Exorcist from what I hear. Uh, I've heard so-so. When it comes to reviews of horror movies, I tend to not really look at them because they're not from people like us. They're not from the actual horror people. They're from the Rotten Tomatoes paid reviewers who are just there to be like, this is a good movie. This is a bad movie. Or this movie made me grossed out. And I'm, but something like that to people like us, we're like, that's what we want. <laughs> um, I don't think Exorcist Beginning will be phenomenal, but I love the Exorcist series so much, or I like the first and the second one. <laughs> um, Dick Smith, obviously, you know, an absolute legend. Um, it, it, for that, for the newest one, it's, I feel like it's more intrigue. Like, I'm very curious about what they're going to do. Because, oh God, when did the first Exorcist come out? Was that 75? I'm so bad with dates. I, so am I. Definitely, I'm, definitely I'm 70s. out my ass, so... <laughs> I'm trying to, th- yeah, I'm not it was too sure. Seventies, yeah, oh, definitely seventies. Because I remember, um, uh, I, I remember my mom was a kid and like my grandma saw it or something. It was like a, you know, the story they would always tell. Like my grandma like went out and saw it and like no. came home and like my mom was like standing in the middle of the hallway because like she needed <laughs> her for something. And, like scared the shit out of my grandma. I forget <laughs> what it was exactly. 
but Saul X. I've heard that I've heard two things. One very consistent, one not so much consistent. The consistent thing I've seen is that it's absolutely disgusting, which I which I love. Uh, specifically because I saw the little teaser clip of the guy who's strapped to a chair with the suction things on his eyeballs and the thing on his fingers that will break his and I saw that and I'm like, all right, you you got you got me. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. You got me. Um but the other thing I've heard that has been mixed is the actual plot. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know when this takes place in the Saw franchise because John Kramer's been dead for like 10 years, but he's in every movie. So I don't actually know when this takes place, but I know he's in it, obviously. So spoiler alert, my theory from the beginning of my brother's theories, you know, Billy's a puppet brings his body back from the dead it's crazy nah. <laughs> we always say we're like what are we just when's billy just gonna be like it's an alien but um with that i think i think it's between yeah it's between one and two or two and three i forget the exact like okay. point but it's one of those if you're familiar with with like you know part one primarily yeah. and just john kramer and yeah. what you know his medical history yeah that's the main thing that you Uh, gotta know that's what i've seen is that people are just like the plot some people thought the plot was kind of flat but i've seen other people say which is another this is the other thing where i'm just like there's too many reviews i just gotta see it myself at this point because i don't even know what's going on but because i've seen other people say that they really enjoyed the plot and that they actually kind of felt bad for john kramer and i'm just like that's something because this man has killed so many people (laughs) quote unquote killed (laughs) so with it it's you know i'm not gonna give too much away but uh john kramer died died. (laughs) what oh my god (laughs) no um with it like because uh like sam and i saw it sam was who was with me at um like the art walk we saw it and i was sitting there and it was like we were gonna rewatch all of them but then I was like, wait, no, we don't have to. It was literally spur of the moment on Friday night. It was like, Saw's playing a Manahawk and in a half hour. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, we can make it. So we saw it spontaneously, you know, and I wasn't mentally prepared or anything. Thinking back, like, yeah, the traps are messed up. But like thinking back to some of the prior Saw traps. There are definitely some. Like, like it's so thick. Yeah. It's like. I, I watched a woman get thrown into a pit of syringes. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, that oh. scene in Saw 2 is probably the worst one out of any of the movies. That, that, that I've scene seen. is so. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, like, all the little behind the scene, like, mm-hmm. how it's made videos. I think how they made that was so. That's so tedious. Taking out all the real needles, putting in the little fake one. That's so tedious. And so insane because there's oh, yeah. so like they don't there's so many needles there's so many in there i forget there, how there many thousand they said i think it was like fifty thousand needles or some shit i oh, jesus Ugh. but <laughs> with this one it's like yeah the traps there's there's one in particular that i'm just like oh god but with John, but also Amanda at one point. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to, like, 
it's I don't know. There's just <laughs> you, you see such a humane side that it's like, God damn, like you do I, I've feel seen bad that, for that, John. And that people were like, Wow, I feel bad. And I'm like, that's that must mean something because this man's not necessarily a good guy. Obviously, he's he's got his weird moral compass thing. I always I always like the jokes um that I that I see where it's just like um since the Saw movie has come out, I gotta look over my shoulder because I tripped a kid when I was two years old or something. <laughs> like <laughs> it's I don't know. I to John Kramer to me has always been an anti-hero. You oh, know. I, I feel like that's kind of supposed to be, you know, the point. Yeah. It, he's he's a crossed man who's dying and is looking around him and seeing people who aren't dying and they're just kind of treating life like whatever um i mean it's it's a it's a warped sense of morality obviously um obviously i don't know i don't know about you put put people put people in traps but you know maybe not necessarily tell them they will die but maybe don't actually kill them (laughs) you know when the buzzer goes off and they're flipping out thinking that their head's gonna get ripped apart (laughs) you know that might be all they need but yeah i mean he he doesn't doesn't want trump (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't want to take any chances <laughs> with this. It's like though, scared it, straight, exactly. S- scared straight saw saw edition. Holy shit, <laughs> that would be so good. But it's like the the movie. Like when you watch it, it's it has the feel of a saw movie, but adds a different layer to the saw franchise. And I was <laughs> I I can't pick a favorite. Because for me, like all of them with the story and all that, yeah, it gets kind of outrageous with all the twists and turns. And well, the, the twists, the flat, the flashbacks, and the time jumps are really what get me confused after the third one. Like I, I always tell people, if you want to watch Saw for the plot, watch one to three. That's like the main plot that you can really keep up with. After John dies, watch it for the traps because <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what's happening. Exactly. Um, Four is like a prequel. Four or five, one of them was like kind of like a prequel, like but took place in modern. I don't, I don't know. Jigsaw was a prequel, wasn't it? Was it? I'm trying to. It had a lot of flashbacks that they didn't quite tell you were flashbacks, so that one also confused (laughs) me a little. I did really like Spiral. I know you said you like Spiral too, but I, I I enjoyed Spiral because oh yeah, it, it. I think it was a nice and. For some people, that will be a controversial thing to say because I, I did see a lot of people didn't like it, but I think it was because it felt like a, it kind of felt like a like a true crime, yeah, thing, which I kind of liked. Yeah, it, but it's if you think about it, every movie aside from the people in the traps, what's the other aspect? Law yeah. enforcement trying to figure <laughs> out who this. It is. It's a true crime. Chris Rock being the the lead was an interesting choice. I didn't think it was bad, but it was an interesting choice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then Samuel Jackson just being there. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm fine with this. (laughs) Really thinking back to like the Saw franchise now, Mm. my my favorite franchise is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love every one of those movies, despite how insane they get. (laughs) But just recently, my buddy, he... uh, was like if I were to rewatch Texas Chainsaw starting with 2003, 
what's the order I watch them in? I'm like, all right, so you got <laughs> the remake, and then you got the beginning. They're their own universe. Then you have <laughs> Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw 3D, that takes place after the first one. It continues off of it. Then you got Leatherface, which is a prequel to the original first <laughs> one. I'm like, then you have the Netflix one, which is a sequel to the first one, but Texas Chainsaw 3D technically didn't happen. And he just goes, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, but I would never want to sit down and put it in an order. I, ca- I my brain, I can't. I'm just gonna sit there and watch them uh, how they came out, and I'll just pick up the context clues along the way. It's like that's a good thing with like one, two, three, and next generation. It's like you really mm-hmm. don't have to. Like one and two kind of go together. Part three is almost a standalone film, which is highly underrated. <laughs> and that's like next generation, so bizarre and out there. But at the I, I same think a lot of a lot of the sequels are underrated. And I, I can kind of understand it. Like if people are watching the first one and they don't want to because I don't think all the prequels are great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or the ones that come after are great. Um but I don't really think there are ones sort of nestled in all because oh, how many are there at this point? Uh, let's see. So there's one, two, three, next generation, the remake, the beginning, which is the prequel to the remake, Leatherface, 3D, the Netflix one. And then one come out this year that like was another one. Like, that I was they did just release a video game, like a PvP video oh, game. Okay. But that I think it's I it's getting into it. saw numbers. <laughs> yeah, it, they got nine, and I I'm pretty sure there is another one that is being made. I don't know if it, it's probably on hold with everything going on, but also mm-hmm. I think it was like announced like right before COVID, so it's had ah. nothing but you know delays. <laughs> yeah, but it's like part one and two to me. Like two's outrage. Two's my favorite one aside from the original. Mm-hmm. But like and. Tom Savini. Yep. The effects. It's to me, I'm like, all right, the first movie, it kind of has the human centipede effect of <laughs> Tom Six made the first one to put the thought in your head, made hmm. the second one because he knew people were going to be like, oh, that wasn't disgusting. They barely showed anything. Other than the second one's like, all right, bet. The third one, it's just completely outrageous and holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I know it wasn't intended that way, but with Texas Chainsaw 1, like, budget-wise and all that, um, what you call it, uh, it's like, the they first one you don't see. Up in the ante, almost. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first one, you don't really see much and all that. Mm-hmm. The second one is so messed up because you're seeing the cook feed humans to other yeah. people and them not know you see him interacting with the public you see a face get cut off like <laughs> you see all this stuff you didn't see in the original that was implied and it's like <laughs> n- not to mention a killer soundtrack oingo boingo oh. the cramps in it it's like oingo boingo being <laughs> like seeing that on the track list is in my one of the funniest things just to, to to see, you're like, oh, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre two with Oingo Boingo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like that. No one lives forever. I love that song mm. before I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre two because when I was a youngin, there's a faithful movie called Casper: A Spirited Beginning that oh, used yeah. that track. <laughs> 
And then, you know, my brother Dustin, he's he went to uh George Romero's like movie school and all that at the boy college. Same, same place. Oh, that was the same place? Yeah, D- Douglas has a couple of programs. They have Tom Savini's special effects and the George Romero film program. Wow. So that's still good. Because he went, it was the boy PA. Is that the same? Mm, oh, then maybe there's two in Pennsylvania because well, the, where where this is located is in Manesson, which is a nothing town. It's literally Silent Hill. Like if you want to go somewhere that feels like legitimately like Silent Hill, you go to Manesson, Pennsylvania. I'll have to ask because I know it was Du Bois Business College, but when you graduate and when like when you started going there it was more mm-hmm. recent. He graduated there in 2011 ish, probably around there, and the school went out of business. Uh, yeah, I th- the- I think they've moved. Like before, uh, before I went there, I I don't know when like the first year was um, where at, in Manesson, but yeah, yeah at, at there there was the uh, George Romero uh, program, and I met a couple of folks there, and they were very nice. Um, but I yeah, I wasn't aware if there was any other ones in in PA. Yeah, this one this one probably closed down before you started going. Mm-hmm to like to college and everything so they probably moved and all that so uh-huh. uh, yeah because this was like out by like i think like pittsburgh area like it was up there mm. but um anyway he uh like he you know worked at the video store around the corner he's mm-hmm. the one who introduced me to horror and these characters <laughs> and all that and you know me sneaking in to see movies i <laughs> i shouldn't be watching and i remember as a kid like i remember he was watching texas chainsaw massacre 2 <laughs> i walked in during the truck scene which now is my one of my all-time favorite scenes in a horror movie and uh I remember I hear the song play. I'm like, hey, this is the song in Casper. <laughs> As I see Leatherface <laughs> pop up with a chainsaw. You're like, and I'm what? just like, <laughs> and like, I, I was always fascinated with Leatherface because he had like mm-hmm. the movie maniacs and like the big doll from Spencer's. I was always fascinated <laughs> by Leatherface as a kid and say what you will about me. Anyone listening, I don't care. <laughs> but, um, it was like that was like I, one of those things where it hit nostalgia on so many fronts. I think that's why yeah. I love the movie because it's like that scene I just love. But I think back to what I was like this little innocent kid, not knowing a dude's about to get his head sl- like half <laughs> sliced off, and oh, it's just another great like claymationy just effect of. Oh, I love it. It it definitely the I mean. I also forget how many there are frequently. Like, um, oh, because in my brain, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, there's like four. And I'm like, oh, wait, no. There's almost double digits. Um, but what was it? The more I think about it, I think a new one is coming out. And I think Greg Nicotero is doing the makeup because I re- remember seeing... I'll have to see if I can f- find it. Oh, wait. I remember seeing... A photo of a new Leatherface mask. Recently, and I saw it. yeah, like a and week. I, something like that, and it was so cool looking because I thought having one of the eye holes be like a mouth, and you can see right above it a nose and where the eye. And I'm like, that is genius. I love that. 
And I, I want to say it's Greg Nicotero that's doing it. But I, be- I believe you're correct. I think that was him, but I know for a f- like I know that that's a skin for the video game that they're oh. releasing. But I think it's also maybe with the movie. Because um, it, it's another one of those things like the Texas Chainsaw series. Nothing makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't really tell you the true plot plot of things that's happening other than <laughs> teens go where they shouldn't. Yeah, it's and that's it. <laughs> Gunnar Hansen's book, like reading that ch- just changed the first one for me so much with like things with it and like the filming and everything. It's hysterical, but like it really opened up the eyes of. No, yeah, literally, aside from Sally, all those characters were write-off characters, and you realize how, yeah, no, they literally just put them in there to die really fast in the beginning, (laughs) and that's it. Then you just have Sally. You got your final girl. Yeah, but before that, you had the final boy, Franklin, Jesus. (laughs) Good Lord. (sighs) So, oh, God. So... You know, with everything you do with like the art and the effects, and like you also do like cosplaying, going to conventions and stuff. Yeah. Have you ever thought about like kind of doing your own screenplay for horror and all that? Since you're obviously a connoisseur <laughs> of many sorts of it between stories, even when there aren't one, like Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> and, but like, have you ever thought about trying to, you know, do like your to write your own screenplay and then do something I, on your own? I have thought about it. I'm not very the, the problem. I'm not very uh, tech savvy. So when it comes to like camera work, I'm very basic. So I have to find people to help with that. Um, and I'd like to think I'm a de- I'm a decent writer, but a lot of my creativity ends up the best way to to put it all my creativity ends up flowing down into my hands (laughs) (laughs) um and like i i really like to work with things that are um like physically in front of me um like I, i like writing and i try to do it from time to time but i also really enjoy being able to physically hold something and you know if it needs this color like oh i just do that or i need to sculpt it like this and it just there's something about it where it just feels more natural um i've i have thought about it but i'm not too sure what <laughs> what it would even be about um I like to make all different types of creatures. I've got all different kinds of, of concept art, um, but I'm not too sure where to put it. <laughs> all right. So you mainly want to be on, you you want to be on the battleground with it, getting your hands yeah. dirty, making all the I, stuff I to make like people to say go nuts. I'm, I'm a person who much prefers to be behind the camera and behind everything. I like to be the, the mysterious little goblin who makes all the weird things and just presents it. <laughs> <laughs> with um with the special effects is there one thing that you did that you're like you know all of its accomplishments all of its mm-hmm. big stepping stones but was there one where i was like holy shit i i can't believe i did that like you know 
whether it be a severed animatronic arm or something <laughs> or um it, it it's kind of funny um because i i do really like it and it's really cool looking um it was the first time i had made um because in our sculpting class um one of the things was we had to make concept art and then our instructor would say you know do this one and then we'd have to sculpt what we drew and i had never done it before um and there was something so the 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 dopamine was flowing there was something so satisfying seeing something that i had created on paper and then sculpting it and it looking like how i wanted there was something about that moment the first time that i did it where i just kind of sat and looked and i was like i am so happy i can't even explain it like it was such a pure joy of looking at something i drew and then making it real i guess is the best way to put it um because it looked exactly how I, how, how I drew it. And I had never, cause that was also the first time going to that school was the first time I ever like sculpted. I had never worked with clay before. Um, so slowly getting better at clay because I was not good when I first started, it did not come as naturally. Um, but there was something about that moment that really sticks in my brain. And I think forever will where I, We'll look, I, I still have the, the concept piece and I still have the sculpture. It's a little broken. It got a little crushed during the move. Um, but there was something about that moment that really stuck in my brain of, oh, I can really do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like that feeling because I, I know with painting so many times I go to paint <laughs> something. It does not look like what I think. But like when I got into like 3D printing and all that and started like doing some of my own like tinkering with 3d design and then going and printing it like you know printing all things i download and stuff before i'm like oh mm. this is cool i'm printing a 3d object <laughs> this is nuts but like doing something of my own design mm. and then seeing it literally layer by layer come to life like i'm like sitting there i'm like oh my god like i i am creating this three-dimensional object because i <laughs> i tried sculpting myself i can't do it it's <laughs> i i want to keep trying to have some clay like lingering around but it's just it's so tough it, it's a tricky medium I, I have found the softer for me at least the softer the clay the better i have when it comes to manipulating it but it's definitely something that took a lot of practice like even even now um I'm not the I'm not the best I can get better um but I definitely know that I have made a lot of pro uh, progress from having never picked up real clay ever <laughs> and for me it's like I don't know what it is no matter what I do I can never get rid of all the cracks and have it completely smooth yep um I just, acetone I can't. acetone so the trick I uh, I was taught was you get like another thing we made for some of the things we ended up making our own tools because you just can't find certain things. Um, you get a little metal pipe, you get a guitar string and you make a loop, shove the rest of the string in the tube and then you crimp it so that it stays in place over the little cracks. You just kind of rake it over and then with 
a little bit of acetone or 99% alcohol, a little paintbrush, and you go right over it and it smooths it out. Holy shit. <laughs> never would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> neither would I. I had never even heard of acetone. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I know the song by Mud Honey and that's about it. <laughs> that's it. Oh, wow. Well, maybe now I'm going to have to give it another go. Because <laughs> it's like, give the old college try. Exactly. I never went to college. So, you know, I got to go sometime. <laughs> but it's like, because it's like, th that's something with like with the 3D printing and stuff. I'm like, mm -hmm. I want to learn how to sculpt things. And then I have like programs on my phone and I've done it before with stupid little things I made. But like, if I get good at it, it get good at sculpting, I want to invest in like a good 3D scanner. Mm. So, you know, because it, it all goes like hand in hand and everything. Yeah. So it's like, ah, I have some of the tools, <laughs> but, but missing a lot of the talent. <laughs> <laughs> so with the, with special effects mm. and like prop making and all that, what is in your eyes the most I guess I could say gory or most, I, I, I guess like extreme mm. thing you've made or done. Hmm. I'll, I'll break that up into two because I would say extreme and, and gory. I'll split into two kind of things. Right. Um, ex extreme. It, I mean, on the surface, it's not going to sound extreme, um, <laughs> but I made a pyramid head cosplay. I made the sword and I made the helmet. And the helmet was probably one of the most, like when you look at it, it looks like it. And I'm super, super proud of it. It looks really cool. And it like, it sits on my head like a helmet and I can move my head and everything. And I can see um, the reason I would say that would be one of the more quote unquote extreme is it probably was one of the longest, um, things I've, I had worked on just because of like having to get exact measurements. And like, if I was off something that's not going to sit right, like that thing is symmetrical. It is perfectly symmetrical. And like there was, I had never made any kind of helmet like that before. I don't think I'd ever made a helmet before. <laughs> um, so it kind of, was something where I could use a lot of different mediums. Um, I really, really like painting. Painting has always been one of my favorite parts of making things. And it's all rust colored and all the different things. And the inside of how I got it to sit on my head was I gutted an old helmet and I painted the back of it so that it also looked rusted. So I, I would put that as my quote unquote extreme just because I'm not good at measuring things on a usual basis. I'm not really good with really precise stuff, but I knew if I wanted this to work and to sit and to be what I wanted to be, I would have had to really sit there. Like I have a notebook around here somewhere that is full of written down measurements. It is full. <laughs> like it is just full of it's it's got math in it and i'm like this is a nightmare <laughs> but i have used it at like three different conventions now because it's also just so easy to put on and the sword has now become 
an autograph book. It's full of different autographs of, of people I've met. I've got Corey Taylor on there. I have Kane. Oh, wow. Um, uh, oh yeah. That's really cool. That <laughs> like having something you made yeah. as the autograph piece. Too. I, that's really neat. I don't Who did I get it first? Like, I don't even remember how I came like of when I wanted to do that. Like I was just like, Oh, I'm gonna, I gotta make the big sword because I'm pyramid head. Um, I don't remember who I got to sign it first. I do have a photo because I got a photo op with Corey Taylor and he's holding the sword, which was very, very fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've gotten a lot of people uh, to sign it. I was, I, I was so close. It was, I was so mad, but then and I got less mad, I got Kane to sign it. And I was going to get um, uh, Dustin Rhodes to sign it because he was there too. And I was walking up to his booth and he was leaving. And I was like, no, sir, please. I didn't, I didn't actually verbally say anything, but he did see me coming and he stopped and he, pat, and he, and he put his hand in my shoulder and he said, and he was like, you know, really, really cool. And I'm like, thank you. Wow. <laughs> I was, and then he walked away and I was like, I didn't get him to sign it. But that'll stay in my brain forever. <laughs> so you're a wrestling fan as well. Just a tiny bit. I've been to three shows. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm looking at my signed Dustin Rhodes figure from when I uh, met him. At it was uh, the Showboat Horror, the uh, Film Fest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I met him there. But then I'm looking at a signed Boogie Manny by Ten. Oh, I've always Which, wanted to be a <laughs> That interaction, like you with Dustin, like compliment you saying you look awesome and all that. Sweet. I got complimented <laughs> because I was in my clown getup by Boogie Man. He's like, uh, oh, oh man, the Joker. You see the new movie? I'm like, oh, how am I gonna tell the Boogie Man I am not the Joker? And he's going to town the eight by ten. It's like a beautiful headshot of him with the worms and all that. <laughs> worms and he's just he's signing it he signed it so nice filled up the whole thing and he's like i'm like yeah it's a a, my own thing and all i did see the movie that was fantastic he's like oh man it's crazy you know life ain't no joke he's like that's why he's like that's why i signed it i see him writing all this stuff he's like signed it to nick life ain't no joke and he's like for the joker i'm like ah you're like well i guess i'm the joker now (laughs) at that point i still wasn't convinced i was the joker and then (laughs) i went to go for the photo op and like he had two clocks one he held in his mouth and then Mm. one you can hold he's like here you you get to hold the staff i usually hold it you get to hold the staff because you're the joker i'm like fuck man i am the joker (laughs) and like the picture is just like He's posing in front of me. And it's, oh, it's so good. And then the same convention, <laughs> I met Kurt Angle and I tried <sighs> to get him to put, I'm like, how much money for you to put me in an ankle lock? Oh, <laughs> and he God. just kind of laughed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> get. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been a wrestling fan for, for a little while. My, my mom um, and my dad watched, you know, old school Hulk Hogan, Andre, Iron Sheik. Um, so I kind of knew the, the core folks. And then I kind of, you know, trailed off. And then funny enough, when I went to college, um, a friend I had, I met there, she was a huge wrestling fan and I'd end up going over to her place. Um, and we would watch Raw and SmackDown together. And while I was there, Tom Savini's protege, his name's Jason Baker. 
He makes a lot of stuff for WWE. He made the Fiend mask and a lot of the Fiend stuff. And my my friend, her name is Kendra. She ended up working for him for a little while. Um, and I've been to his uh, his studio. I can never remember the name of his studio, and it, I, I hate that I always forget. But he's so very he's so incredibly nice. And I got to see the the belt, the Fiend belt. Oh, it's, it, it's so, so cool. big and so heavy. <laughs> Um, but I got to see the, uh, sister, the the little Abigail puppet. Um, and that was really cool. So while I was there, um, my, my, my love for wrestling kind of rekindled and I've now been to a SmackDown, a Raw, and I was at, uh, Extreme Rules, the one where Bray Wyatt came back. Oh, and shit. I, I hold that I hold that moment very, very close to my heart, especially now um, that he has unfortunately since passed. When I saw that, I text because my, my friend Kendra had met him and had worked with him. Um, yeah. I texted her immediately. It was like, oh, my God, like it was that day was it still feels like a blur. Um, it was such devastating news to hear. I actually uh, I was recording the episode with uh it was uh james horn's episode mm. and uh it, it, we were just talking it was literally at the end we were wrapping up and like i, I have my phone next to me to mm-hmm. you know jot down social medias and all that but also just to check the time and all that you know make sure good on time and everything and i just i hit it i you know kind of my mind how it trails yeah. off adhd or whatever <laughs> <laughs> undiagnosed but uh, i got something going on where i thought oh look a car it's <laughs> but like i see a message and i'm sitting there talking i look and i just see it's from my brother who's a big wrestling fan got mm-hmm. me into his stuff and he just goes bray wyatt fucking passed away mm-hmm. and i'm on video like with him and everything and he's going and i'm just frozen <laughs> and i go fuck and he's like he's not a wrestling fan so he didn't know but like it's weird because i have that video yeah. of me like finding out the and it was just like i remember i got all the ended the thing got off the call and i just immediately as i was packing up i just tears just going down because i'm it, like it, it's his, his dedication to what he did in the ring and the artistic horror story that he was telling is is definitely one that I think will will last in wrestling history. Not even just WWE, just wrestling oh, history. Yeah. Um, obviously take taken way way too young, thirty six, I think. Yeah. Um, and all the stories I had heard from Tendra and Jason is that he was so incredibly nice and that he was so just humbled and yeah it's it's one of those things where it's it's one of those things especially as both a wrestling and horror fan who i when i first saw the fiend i was absolutely enthralled i was like this is the sickest thing ever um it's definitely one of those things where you you do not forget where you were when you read that news i was so caught off guard because i was like that's not because you see those, you know, so-and-so died and it's always a hope. But I, when I texted my friend, I was like, is this, this is brilliant. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, it was yeah. absolutely, it was, it was a really weird day. It was yeah. really, because it felt 
it felt weird after having to read that. Oh, yeah. And it was like, it was so weird, too, because like on Facebook, you know, part of wrestling pages and all that, mm-hmm. part of horror pages, part of, part of action figure pages. And literally every single group in any of those realms, everyone was posting like so many like the horror, like horror VHS groups. Like I saw mm-hmm. someone post like, hey, I know this is completely random and not tape related, but like. And, you know, it's wrestling related, but he was such, such, so driven by horror and -hmm. all that. And just, you know, if anyone hasn't seen the news, like, I just wanted to share it and like seeing the outpour love on it. Like, I'm not a wrestler, like people saying I'm not a wrestling fan, but like, damn, no, what he was doing was cool as how I love seeing clips. Like, it was, I was talking to my brother the other day and I was like, I was just at work and like it finally kind of hit because mm. I'm like, oh man, when the hell's Bray coming back? And I stopped <laughs> myself and yeah. I'm like, Shh. And I just, I'm mm. like, this is, you know, it's it, especially not meeting them, you know, it's not, it, it always sometimes it's weird, but like, like with him and uh, Brody Lee, it just mm. like, hit hard. Yeah. And like, you know, the two were locked together yep. and it's like, it's crazy. It's mm. it's nuts. But being being a wrestling fan and a horror fan, you know, <laughs> Bray's a, a big one. You know, yeah. I, I would say it's one of the top ones. But do you love that Danhausen? I absolutely love Danhausen so <laughs> much. I literally have his soundtrack in a playlist. <laughs> like his his intro music. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's so catchy. I'm such a big fan because I think he is so goofy and he can do like the horror. And I also just love how he talks. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm a very, very big fan of Dan Housen. So I went to WrestleCon in Texas for my birthday two years ago. And mm-hmm. he was there. I think, yeah, that was the first time I got to meet Dan Housen and also um Allie, the bo- uh, the bunny from AEW mm-hmm. was gonna be mm-hmm. there. I wanted to meet her. I'm like, oh, horror fan. So <laughs> I I meet Danhausen first. And I'm like, hey man, I gotta ask. And like he, he he's not in character when you meet him all the time. Mm. And like I walked up, he's like, and his voice is too far off. He's just like, hey man, how's it going? I'm like, oh, not bad. Glad <laughs> to finally meet you and all that. I'm like, so knowing you're a horror guy, and it was right after the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre came oh. out. <laughs> I just go, I'm like, I gotta ask, man, knowing you're a Texas Chainsaw fan. What you think of the Netflix? And he just goes, Oh man, it sucked. I'm like, no swearing. <laughs> I'm like, come on. But we were sitting, we talked about it, and then I went and I met the bunny afterwards. And uh I'm like, I gotta ask you. Did you want I'm like Danhausen said it sucked? I'm like, the new text chainsaw. She's like, Oh, the blade and I like we enjoyed it and all. And she was cool as hell because it was just like there was a line of people, it's her and Rosemary, who's mm. amazing, and uh, sh- just sitting there talking horror. And like, she was asking me about movies, like, not let me leave. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the coolest experience ever. <laughs> like, it's always so nice when you meet people like that and they actually take the time to talk to you. I, that's how I was with, um, I can't remember his, his last name, his first name's Ro- Walking Dead again. Uh, he played Aaron in the walking dead he's in later season um 
he appears when they go to Alexandria, which is, I think, around like season six and seven. Um, his name's Ross something. He also um, was Red Skull in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Hmm. Eric. Well, that's Ross. Ross something. Oh, I, I spelled Eric. <laughs> I'm like Tiffany Morgan. <laughs> Ross Marquand. Yes. I got to meet him and he was so, so incredibly nice. We probably, and he also, he had a big line behind him, but he was, I, I don't, I unfortunately don't remember what I was dressed up as. Um, but I had just bought a, uh, a Lydia Funko and he could see it through the bag. And he was like, is that Lydia? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he on the fly just started doing a Beetlejuice impression and was just quoting Beetlejuice <laughs> over and over and over again. And I'm like, what is happening? Where am I? This is the best <laughs> thing ever. He was so incredibly nice. Um, we took photos and he, he took the photos. He like had my phone. He took so many photos. Um, and I had to go through them. I was like, I can't keep all of these because my storage, but I don't know which ones I want to get rid of. <laughs> but it's always really nice when you get to meet people like that. Um, Dan Housen has been one on my list. I'm always on the on, on the lookout if he's ever at a con that I'm going to be at because I'd love to meet him. Well, he, I think he is. I don't know if it passed or not. He's going on like a toy store tour to sign stuff. He's going to Pandora's box. It's uh, in Lafayette, New Jersey. It's from like, it's like two hours from me. Toy stores, insane. They have <laughs> so much crazy stuff. And it's not even like all that big. They have like this warehouse too, where they, they have so much rare stuff Ooh. and like retro vintage, new, like everything. And they even have like a decent section of like horror figures and like movies and stuff, <laughs> but he's going to be there. And, uh, yeah, it's he's one that's like, oh, I yeah, definitely got to meet him. He's so cool. <laughs> him and um, and I almost met him, but dates it just wouldn't have um worked out with what I was doing. Uh, MJF was at a Monster Mania a couple, either a month or two ago, and I was like, oh my god, I wanted because I was like, I wanted to meet him so bad because. <laughs> I want him to call me an asshole. Like <laughs> I know he is very famous for staying, you know, no KFAB break at the table. And I like all the stories and things that I've seen. I'm like, that looks like so much fun. And I was so mad that I didn't get a chance to go there, but I did have fun reading all the things that happened. At his <laughs> um, Cause he's such a nut. I literally, I was literally just laughing at a clip of him at, all in press conference he recognized a woman that had interviewed him in 2018 whom he dubbed tits mcgee from whore island and i'm like what? he's so he's so cursed <laughs> he, um, so cursed and so on the fly with it and you don't really see many wrestlers nowadays stay stay in character at like public uh, events um let alone a character like his where he will just do that <laughs> and you know either you know and and you know it's not personal or you don't know and you <laughs> feel like you've just been attacked he um i got like once the aew figure started coming out i started getting like 
you know, all like the person's first figure signed. Mm. I would do it if there was like an online thing with high spots or if I can meet them i would do it mm. dustin i met before his figure came out and i told him how i'm like dude i wish your figure was out in time i want that that new one signed. Mm -hmm. he's like ah oh, he's like it's coming it's coming i have mj it's funny they're right next to each other hanging up <laughs> i have mjfs i didn't meet him it's signed with his just his initials his little signature a mm. lot of people have shit signatures now <laughs> but um I bought it from his trainer, Brian Myers. Mm. I bought it from him when like the figure first came out. I had it signed and I just went, I am buying this off you because like he was selling it. I messaged him. I'm like, I'm buying this off you, even though I want to meet him. I'm like, because I know I am not getting a good signature like this. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, probably not. But now lately he's been pretty good. Ever since him and uh, Adam Cole have been like yes. a thing, but it's <laughs> he, he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I showed things to him like people that don't watch wrestling. I'm like, look how amazing he is. They're like, he seems like an asshole. And I'm like, yeah, but he's That's our asshole. He's our <laughs> he's scumbag. Our <laughs> oh, God, oh, his character is so interesting to watch because he's like if the Miz didn't have a filter yeah he's like if the if you turned the miz up a couple of notches with that scarf and he's just such a pompous <laughs> asshole he's so fun to watch though and he's good in the ring so when you're good in the ring and you're good at cutting promos like that you know you're doing something right yeah and it's it's great too he needs to be that way because mm. he knew damn well that rosie o'donnell footage was gonna come out of him being God. an adorable little kid yep and he knew the day was gonna come the day of reckoning <laughs> the day of rosie o'donnell oh yeah <laughs> yeah K kane's the only one that i have gotten a uh signature from i've got a, i think i've got two figures i have an oscar figure because she's always been one of my favorites i love her so much um and i have a bray one but it's him in the firefly funhouse attire oh yeah and he's got all the puppets including the uh vince mcmahon one it's like the uh is it the fold out one yeah. like the window box i yeah. have that <laughs> uh when i found that i got so excited i was like oh, this is the best thing ever and he's got all the puppets because i <laughs> i love the puppets so much the vince puppet makes me laugh oh with yeah. the little devil horns i love that one so much <laughs> But I've been I've been wanting to meet more wrestlers, but not a whole lot of them. If 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 they come to conventions, it's always terrible timing. And I'm like, I can't go to that one. Like where I met Kane was at Steel City, which is in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. Um and I wanted to go again, but timing just ended up not working because Sting was gonna be there. And I was like, I gotta, I wanna, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> It's it's so much. I've slowed up, but like I was going to with like Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. They have a the major wrestling figure podcast, and they would hold mm. live shows, and they would bring in all these guests and stuff. The thing that sucked was you never really knew who was going to be there, mm. so like you couldn't really bring stuff to get signed, but you could yeah. just in case if you had like an inkling, like uh, like Dylan Postel Hornswoggle was always there because like he's a part of it. <laughs> So, like, I would bring stuff and, like, you know, kind of got on, like, a personal basis with them where I'm, like, I wanted to bring this to get signs. Like, well, well, you're going to Massachusetts? I'm, like, yeah, man. He's, like, bring it then. <laughs> like, 
we were sitting like <laughs> he walked up we were outside like the after party thing he just sits right next to me and we're like bullshitting but like <laughs> it's I, I'm, it's weird to say it but it's like I've been drunk around all of them more than <laughs> some of my friends like hopping a, a fence with Brian and Francine from ECW drunk <laughs> as hell after closing down the tiki bar <laughs> And us encouraging Francine, we're like, just jump, we're gonna catch you. But like me and Matt Cardona just sit there, he's hammered, like fading out, and me just going, Hey man, the new Ghostbusters movie. He's like, oh man, <laughs> fucking great. And like just remembering like inklings, like Ricky Starks was there, was drinking Ooh, with Ricky Starks. And I'm nice. like, man, I hate drinking so much, like to get drunk. I'm like but what are you not going to get drunk? <laughs> like, and like, I remember like Ricky Starks, it was time for him to leave. And I'm just like, Hey man, they got to put the belt on. He's like, fucking tell him. I'm like, I wish I could. And just like gave him a hug. And we're like, each other. <laughs> you'll get the belt, man. You'll get it. I'm like you'll get your shot, man. It's see now. Now I got to go to a convention or something. I was just saying how I <laughs> like slowed up and I have been, and, but nah, I, I miss out. I'm gonna hit a good one. I'm gonna hit a horror one though, because wrestling. I, I, I'm a big Monster Mania one. I'm I'm going to the one in November. I've been keeping my eye out to see if any wrestlers are going. Um, and I don't think I've seen anybody. Uh, Kane, Kane was at the most recent one, which I think was this month. Um, he goes he goes to a lot. I've met him twice. He he goes to a lot of them. Um, and holy shit, is he so tall? <laughs> <laughs> um. But it's it's always so funny. It's always always the ones. It's always the monster manias where I end up not going to them. Where wrestlers are specifically wrestlers that I want to see. Like last year, it almost it was when I tell you I was so close to going. But I don't remember why I didn't or what happened. But Braun Strowman was there. But it was after he had gotten released, so they had him. Adam, what's his last name? Uh, sure, sure, something, yeah, sure, something like that. And I was like. I want to see him so bad. And why now? Why is he going through this now? Um, and then MJF. Like, it always seemed like all the times that a wrestler was going to be at a convention that I wanted to go, but ended up not going. Because now it's been Braun Strowman, MJF, Sting, and I've missed them all. <laughs> I, I never met Braun or MJF, but I did meet Sting. I met him in Tom's River at a random like uh indie event. Is he, he is he as tall as he looks? He looks huge. He he's pretty decent. I think I think I came up to like his mouth or so. He's he, he's pretty he's decent tall. I'm try, I got, <laughs> I'll have to pull out the picture because they gave you like a nice printed out picture, which was cool. Ooh. But <laughs> I I I you know, I have a bat sign by him offline. I have his <laughs> AEW figure sign that I bought offline. What did I bring? Well, in the major pod group, when like all of them got released, they were selling stuff. Mm. And I bought Heath Slater's trench coat from when he was the oh, fake thing oh. in the ring to scare Triple H on a Monday Night Raw. <laughs> So Heath signed it Stang because, yeah, he, it was always his ex. <laughs> yeah, it's Stang. And there's with the major pod, they have Stang, where it's a knockoff Sting. It's uh, Steve Asia. He's, he's in the Even Stevens and Create a Pro. Mm -hmm. And I had it signed by Heath. 
So I'm like, no, I'm getting this trench coat signed by Sting. It's the only <laughs> thing I get. And I'm like explaining it to him. And he was like so confused what it was. <laughs> like, why the hell does this guy have this? But then to complete the trifecta, I went to, it was um, like a toy drive. Mm-hmm. And it was at Create a Pro. And there was like matches stuff. But the guy who d- plays Stang was there. And I'm like, <laughs> he had a gimmick table, like, and all the other like indie guys. And I'm like, this is gonna pop him and every <laughs> and all the other guys. And I'm like, hey man, so you're Stang, but he wasn't in character and all that. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're the last one I need. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I got this from Heath, and the real Sting just signed it. And I want you to complete the trifecta. And I show him <laughs> it and I tell him what it is. And all of the other wrestlers are like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> and he's just what? like looking. He's like, are you sure? Oh my God. He's like, I need a picture of this. And like, he was so, and like it made his night. He's like, the Holy grail. Yeah. He's one of the sweetest guys. Oh. And it was like, I've met him before and all that. We've bullshitted. So it was like getting that. <laughs> I'm like, I have something special for you to sign. And he's just so, so thrilled to be a part of the, this thing so cool. trifecta. But, <laughs> It's it's always fun with the interactions. <laughs> All right, Sierra. Well, I just noticed the time. We've been going down oh. here two hours almost. <laughs> so I don't know if there's anything you want to touch on with your art and everything. I do have one more question, a quick one. Uh, All yours. <laughs> but, well, I don't know if there's anything you want to uh, touch on first when it comes to your special effects or art or anything. Anything you didn't get to mention um, i don't i don't think so i think we kind of touched on i mean as as best as we could because i'll be honest i'm not 100 percent sure how to describe some of my art pieces i'm actually currently looking at an unfinished piece um of like a living so like you know what mimics are in uh D. i think or, aren't they like the ch- they're like, like the chest the yeah yeah so uh, I I made those, but I'm also making my own version. So they look fleshy and with quote unquote real teeth that look like human teeth, and nice. it's just kind of sitting there looking at me. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of honestly the the best way to describe what I what I do is I kind of make things where you look at it and you're like, eh. <laughs> it's with it, it's like you know with everyone that's on here it's always i'm like i always stress anyone listening that doesn't know your work or anything go check it out like and that's Mm -hmm. why i always use the pictures with the promo because it's like with art and like you gotta you gotta dabble in it to truly Mm -hmm. get what the person does anyhow hey the process is interesting but could only so many times be like so now with this now what kind of clay did you use what kind of and it's like i just that that's why i said to you i'm like i try to keep it natural conversation interviews yeah. with a shitload of tangents <laughs> so as long as there's nothing you want to touch on before we get to the ego trip where you drop your socials i'll drop mine we wrap this up mm-hmm. spitball your five favorite horror movies I knew I, I had I, the feeling this question was gonna happen. I was I, waiting for it. I, I was like, he hasn't asked me what my favorite horror movie is yet. I did it with every guest for October <laughs> because I'm like, you know, it's it's the month of Halloween and all that. I'm like, <laughs> and I said five favorites or 
movies that are your go-to October hit? I need to watch these movies to put me in Halloween mode. Hmm. I can give them the top five, but they're not in like that order. Like, oh, they don't have to like, be. Order. There's no, <laughs> there's no actual definitive order. Um. Well, I feel like if it's, if it's Halloween, at one point I have to watch um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Fred, Freddy Krueger has always been one of one of my. When it comes to like you know who do you like Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy's always just sort of been. I mean, listen, I'm I'm the person who says he totally won Jason versus freddy oh yeah he won he won he lived so he won yeah. um and so any, any of those um i really like uh hereditary i've watched it a few times now and every time it kind of gives me the ick it's one of the first movies that i watched in a long time where after i watched it i had to sit there for a minute and i was like okay that's uncomfortable it's not it's not very often a horror movie takes the cake and kills a kid on screen they don't do that ever. <laughs> unless you're trauma <laughs> yeah well oh well you know he's 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 a different beast he's a different beast yeah <laughs> um, there's no rules <laughs> uh i'll say saw i'll say the first saw the first one with 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 um Nightmare on Elm Street, it could be any of them. I really do just like all of them. Yeah. Uh, except for the uh, reboot. I don't talk about that oh, one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, even when I knew this question was coming, I knew <laughs> I was going to have difficulty because I just, I love, well, you know what? You're, you're wearing the shirt and I watch it every single, every Halloween, uh. Killer Clowns <laughs> from Outer Space. That is probably one of my favorites. I'm so excited that uh, game is coming out. Game looks awesome. I, I cannot am wait. So excited. Um, and one more. You know what? I'll I'll do another new one. I really liked uh, Pearl, the uh, prequel to X. All right, I haven't watched that series yet. I I, I have really, to check it out. I really liked. X, but there was something about Pearl that I really, really enjoyed. Um, per Pearl is a prequel. It's like it, it explains who the old woman is in the first movie, and that's all you'll get because it's it. It kind of it has both movies have that kind of that like cla classic slasher vibe that you kind of miss in newer movies. I really liked it, and I thought Maya Goth's performance in both of them is phenomenal. I really like her, and that's that's the best top five I think you'll get. There's so many in my brain that I'm like, what about this one? What about this one? And I was it's, like, how do you even talk about the Lighthouse? Lighthouse is one of my favorite movies with Willem Dafoe and Oh yeah, the um, Seagulls, um, Robert oh Pattinson. God. Oh my god, that whole movie. <laughs> even I I wouldn't necessarily classify that as like a. a horror movie but definitely a psychological thriller oh yeah <laughs> um because that's also a whole other thing is my brain tends to lean towards more when it comes to horror i think of the more gory kind of things like that but there's definitely psychological thrillers that i'm just like oh 
they get my goat and I love it. <laughs> there, there's only one that's ever really, really gotten me to the point of pressed all my scared buttons. <laughs> I nearly broke Sam's hand. It was sweaty. I almost pissed myself because I had to go to the bathroom <laughs> and I was holding it in. But the movie that divided the horror community this year, Skinamarink. It scared the absolute shit out of me. I I... couldn't wait for that movie to come out. I knew it was going to be art house staring at walls. I knew exactly what they were going for. And that's why I wasn't disappointed that A, the elephant song never played in it. And B, there wasn't (laughs) an actual weird skinamarink creature demon thing. That movie, just because as a kid, always saw shit. I work yep. press control so in crawl spaces i always fear like of oh, someone's gonna come around the corner <laughs> like i always feel like shit's watching me in there and like it just made me feel so uneasy and... i i enjoyed skin and and i think it's also because i was like i know this is gonna be an artsy fartsy horror film yeah. so I, I was going into it with that mindset of like don't expect it to be like how all the other horror movies nowadays are kind of like and I did like it. It was very interesting. I feel like I got to watch it again. Yeah. But it, I definitely enjoyed it. It's funny because like we saw it and like I was showing her everything and, um, you know, like kind of cuter. And I'm like, don't expect anything crazy. <laughs> I showed her the trailer. I'm like, expect this maybe a little more. And it, to me, there was more than the trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we show up at the theater an unplanned uh, Bob Burke who does the, uh, Glowmania that always does yeah. the art walks. Him and his girlfriend were there. And <laughs> I'm like, tell me you guys are seeing Skinamarink. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And so <laughs> she didn't watch the trailer. He did, but didn't know anything else. Didn't know <laughs> what it was going to be. The four of us walk out of the theater. I'm like, so was I the only one that got the shit scared out of me? <laughs> Sam enjoyed it. The two of them were like, that was the worst fucking movie. We could have <laughs> stayed at the house and just stared at the wall for an hour and a half. I'm like, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. I like after it, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, which I hate because my best friend got dumped that day so it was just an evening for me i just and then i just i got home and just didn't want to walk around in the dark i'm like it's the worst night of my life like i feel like what made skinamarink good for some people and bad for others is i think it tapped into the childhood fear of being left alone at home at night and like the confusion you have as a small child i feel like you can tell with who liked it, had that fear, and who didn't like it, probably didn't. And I exactly. think that's definitely where it, it hits. And us talking about oh, yeah. that reminds me that, you know, I was like, oh, how did I, again, where I'm like, top five is not enough. I would say my favorite movie, uh, horror movie that has come out in 2023, um, granted, I haven't seen Saw and a couple others, um, Evil Dead Rise. I still got to watch it. I saw it in theaters and then I watched it at home and then I watched it at home again. <laughs> I loved it so much because it was such an interesting and new way to take the series. And there was something about it. And again, my makeup artist brain just went, <laughs> I had so much fun with it. I loved it. It was campy and in like all the best way. 
I have the tape next to me from VHS <laughs> Fest, and it, it, I just realized, you know, like talking about that, I was like, oh my God, that came out in 2023. I'm going to hold it up to show you, but another movie <laughs> that came out this year that I'm like, wait, holy shit, yeah, it came out this year. And another, Skinnamarink was like, I can't believe I'm watching this type of horror movie in a theater. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. There was another movie that did that. Oh my, how could I have forgotten Terrifier too? That movie yeah. almost traumatized me. There was so much beautiful gore. Uh, the entire time I was audibly going, oh my God. Yeah, I, I've, met, um, I've met Art the Clown. Um, he's he's such a sweetheart he's so nice (laughs) this coming uh monster mania that i'm going to uh he's going to be there again and uh the director damon oh yeah he's the director and the makeup artist so i have to meet him and absolutely just gush about how beautiful the movie was (laughs) um but that that's always the other thing i always forget i i watch so many movies because i like to see what's happening in movies like i like to see what's you know so that i can get my own ideas of you know things that are happening i always i forget when they come out oh, like yeah. i thought the texas chainsaw massacre movie came out this year it came out last year yeah. uh, like i i get so lost when it comes to when they come out because there's so much and there's so much stuff to watch that i just i, I lose <laughs> i lose track of time yeah uh, it's a beautiful thing though because it just as long as they keep pumping out good movies you know, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll go through the stinkers in the yep. process it's you know trial and error but <laughs> hitch a ride to our guest socials as we go for a little eager trip, 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 trip. all right sierra well this is the time of the show we call it the ego trip and this is where <laughs> i'm going to take out my phone and jot down your social medias anyone listening you take out your phones and you follow those social medias just to keep up to date with you know everything sister sinister does as (laughs) we declared to keep saying that in the interview would take too long (laughs) and abbreviating it would be a grave mistake abbreviating sister sinister to just s S would be a very bad idea. Oh, I'm like, oh, just sinister. I'm like, well, we're horror fans. We're sinister in the eyes of a bunch of people. But yeah, SSS is bad idea. As 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 a as a Jewish woman, it would be a very very bad idea. <laughs> All right, so don't ever abbreviate sister sinister to SS. Never. Even though I'm looking at your logo on the screen, which is very cool with the two snakes, but the S and S are d- different. Yes. So <laughs> the, the the dots make a strong difference. All right. Yes. <laughs> so where, where where can people find Sister Sinister on the social media platforms to keep up with what you're doing? They can find me at Instagram at sister.sinister.fx and I have a website where you can buy um, all of my things at that one's sistersinisterfx.com. And I do have a Facebook. I just don't remember what I call myself on there. (laughs) I think it's, I think it's my name. It's, it's, you know, if you look up sister sinister on Facebook, you'll find me. 
And I think, I think that's where my arms reach out in the wide world of the internet. No TikTok? I do not have a TikTok. I've been told, I know, I know, I see it. For, <laughs> uh, for our audio listeners, uh, I'm getting the, the finger wag. I have gotten that several times. I, I know. <laughs> my, my problem is I don't know what I'd film. And I know, like, you know, film the, the process. And I'm like, but the process isn't really interesting. It's kind of slow. So maybe eventually I will get a TikTok. It's, it's just more, I don't know what I'd do with it. <laughs> the thing with TikTok and the beauty of it that I found is I'm like, oh, I got to do like all these different music things. And like, I don't want to film myself painting. I just do reveals of paintings, like just weird little things like that little clippets of when i practice and then everything else is just tomfoolery yeah. like me skating like me just <laughs> doing stupid things i posted a picture of our dog being cute with our cat just because Aww. i'm like oh this is gonna generate views and get people to follow me <laughs> they're, they're gonna be like oh I post cute pet things and it's gonna be like look at my pet tarantula look at my weird art <laughs> You like horror movies? You like this? You like weird? Th and then they're going to be like, shit, what happened to the dog and cat? But <laughs> You've been uh, tricked. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll be fine. You got to <laughs> deal with that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but all right, that's everything, though. Facebook, Instagram, and the uh, website. Yeah. Cool. And if anyone listening doesn't know me, I'm Nicholas Christian. You can find me at Colt underscore sure underscore on uh, the, the tongue tied Facebook <laughs> and Instagram at terror underscore tunes T O O N S underscore on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, terratunes.bandcamp.com. There's paintings, there's music, there's all sorts of merch, there's culture merch, uh, resin toys that I made and shit. And yeah, and also music streaming and on, on all the platforms where you can find this podcast and maybe more so. But yeah, Sierra, thank you so much. This is, I think this might be the longest episode. <laughs> well, I had what? to, you know, had to make it grand if this is going to be the Halloween special. Well, I was about to say it's the Halloween special. There was a bunch of horror movie talk and everything. <laughs> and it's like, nah, you know what? Halloween, it's special. I was just saying to like my brother and like Sam and stuff. I'm like, I don't know. This year just, it feels weird and I don't feel in the spirit. But talking about the movies and everything <laughs> and all, like really just saying, fuck a time limit. Let's just <laughs> see where this goes. It was like, all right, you know what? No, I'm going to binge horror movies this weekend and just prepare <laughs> for Massachusetts this week. Oh, I'm going to do the same. <laughs> last thing, this comes out Wednesday, the uh, 25th. So do you have any events coming up before we yes. sign off? Uh, I will be at the Monster Bash in Smithville on the 28th of October. I'll be there all day. It's from 10 to 5. And I will be dressed up at my booth as a pinup Beetlejuice. So come say hi. Very cool. And say my name three times. See what <laughs> happens. <laughs> that, that, I'm going to send Bob over to do that because I think Bob's doing Monster Bash. So. <laughs> <laughs> if, if 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 someone comes up and says my name three times i'll know it's bob <laughs> <laughs> hey bob nice <laughs> nice to talk to you my name's chad <laughs> who, who the fuck are you good, <laughs> good seeing you <laughs> good seeing you but all right sierra thank you so much for c coming on and shooting the shit
Yeah. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Of course. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you. Playing us out on this week's episode of the Culture Podcast is Deja Grandy with the cover of Halloween. Oh, <laughs>